Faith in a Fresh Vibe podcast. Friends, I'm Rohati, coming at you from Treaty 7 lands in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. This intro is written by singer-songwriter Drew Brown, entitled number four, Love. You can pick up his series of instrumentals called Hymns from the Architect. In this episode, we continue our series on deconstruction. The theme in this episode centers around worship or music, the industrial worship complex, or maybe it's the complex industrial worship or the worship in well, you get the point. We'd spend some time sharing our stories. We're both, well, Drew is a worship leader. Our moments in the engine and also how we imagine things can look like if we get out. What is the picture of better or deeper? Listen in, friends. If you have a moment, look us up online at Rohati across all platforms and drewbrownmusic.com. You can support this podcast. You can buy Drew's music. You can purchase my books. If you're in Canada, you can visit the website rohati.com and find links at the top of how you can support. Best way you can do that is also to share the podcast. Rate it. Share it. Tell all your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your mom, hey mom, I'm deconstructing. Just join the fray. See what she says. We'll let this intro fade out. And then you'll join the conversation at the start of this second part in a series on deconstruction. Back at it. Um, we were jamming off air, lingering around the questions of what this pandemic life looks like. Oh man, yeah. And um, I'm 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 kind of constantly weirded out by the way some folks. I mean, there's so many intersections, but how everyone approaches risk in different ways. You know, here we go. And <laughs> and honestly, as a pastor, this is just the pastor side. But every family, sure. you know, uh, every family has their anti-vaxxers somewhere, right? Somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. 
So like even even in families, yep. I know relationships yep. right now with the with the pressures of COVID, uh, straining relationships. But then you add vaccines and people people are getting divorced. Yeah, someone wants yep. to get the vaccine. Another person, their identity is wrapped in whatever aspect of not getting it. Yep. And then as a pastor, I, I struggle. I, I struggle because I don't know what the Jesus way is to approach or handle people who would bring harm onto the community. Hmm. Uh, my answer is, right, right now the answer is we, we don't meet in person. Really hard for a community that yeah, has dude. been rooted around the table. Yeah. Just any community. Oh, that's... Such a loss. Yeah, it is. But I don't know how to balance or approach in a Christ-like way. Because I don't. there's no middle ground. It's like the, the racist, anti-racist one. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> Tim Keller, yeah. there's no middle ground on that, homie. <sighs> you don't know. And so I feel the, the vac- vaccine and the way churches approach that, it's cut and dry. I can understand the tensions of when do you meet, mm-hmm. but thank God, like, I don't have to contend with trying to figure out the logistics of reopening along with a congregation where many people aren't vaccinated. I don't know what I'd do. Mm-hmm. I'd probably be fired. Mm-hmm. What would you do? You're the pastor. You know, I think I think you're doing it the right way. I think Sorry, not to say that it's wrong to open, not saying that, um, but I think there is something to be said about saying, hey, let's not create more division around, you know, pro-vax, anti-vax right now in our congregation. Let's just meet online. Because once you start saying, hey, if you're vax, you can come on in, and if you're not, screw you, it definitely creates a, a line in the sand that right now we don't really need, like we don't need that in our spiritual communities right now. There might come a point in time where we gotta draw the line. Right now is not it. I think right now the idea of like let's just join together around this digital table, unfortunately, but if we can all do that, we all have you know somewhat hopefully um, find some access points so we can actually be there and be present. I think that just sort of you know levels the playing field a little bit for everybody, and we I, need that. I wonder what the numbers are because my senses. Most are back. Yes, that is correct. That's that my saying. I don't know if they're going to go back. Like if you're in Alberta, I think many in Alberta still haven't come back, but many others are in, in the very least attempting some rollout. Right. Yes. Alberta being yes. the hot mess that it is right now. <laughs> hot mess, Berta. <laughs> you know, I think most people are can't just sit online right and yeah who'd want to that sucks yeah 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 <laughs> right yeah just yeah i mean cypher's gonna stay there for a while and we're doing yeah, some fair. neat things yeah. around bringing in people from all, all across the country that's good but i know churches the big churches so for for example the big churches how do you contend with this they have enough space that if you want to physically distance you sit in this section <laughs> this of course all is attributed to the notion that COVID's not airborne Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> Lord have mercy. The right. people who are okay high-fiving and I don't know hugging, oh, the kiss man. of peace. 
they can go into this section. So they're yeah. actually appeasing rugged individualism. I don't know if I like that. Ooh, wow, yeah. At the expense of of safety. Right. I don't know. Maybe so it, maybe I'm the baddie now. Maybe you felt that like maybe I'm the weirdo because I still have my hand sanny in my car. Just spraying Same, myself bro. as a That's right. Going to the grocery store. That's right. Am I the weirdo? I don't know. Oh my gosh. Speaking of identity. Here we go. I have this line. I hope nobody has said it before because I'm going to put it in the book that the search for belonging is what catalyzes deconstruction. Hmm. And when you realize you're on the margins or there's some attribute of you you have to give up in order to fit in, Mm -hmm. that causes you to question many things. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was necessary belonging for me right off the bat, but when we talk about identity and what you're wrapped wrapped up into and all the problems with COVID, which I think stem from a lack of identity when your identity is rooted in consumerism, when your identity is rooted in rugged individualism. Right. You have a problem doing things that someone else tells you to do. Yeah. Deconstruction walks in the door. Let's talk about our stories. We, We hit on the stories, but not the individual aspects, like the things, the things. Because deconstruction is an interrogation of all the things. All the things, that's right. And then you put them in a basket, and you go, these ones I keep, and these ones I throw away, and these ones I'll try to redeem. Right. And then this one went to... The market and this one. I was just going to say that. That's right. I was just going to say. We, we, that. You know the, the the pigs though. Why do the pig go to the market? To buy bacon? No, to be slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is that piggy going to, to market? To the be market, bacon. <laughs> to be bacon, man. That's right, man. Deconstruct your nursery rhymes. We oh, out, man. Well, that's a good podcast. <laughs> Most of them, oh, I assume, are racist. Oh, definitely. Who's the other one I keep hearing? Who's that Can- uh, all Canadian authors? C.S. Lewis, there's a racist. Um, who's the uh, Anna Green Gables author? Racist. Uh, I can't remember. Her name. But you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, yeah, I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. we lost all the white women. <laughs> yeah, you did. They logged, they logged yeah. off. You don't mess with Anne. Anne with an E. <laughs> Lucy Maud. That's, that's what There it is. There, Lucy Maud yeah. Montgomery. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're just product of their time. Deconstruction. So you have the big basket, Drew. Oh, gosh, yeah. And this, this is a lifelong process. It wasn't you just put it all like laundry day on Sunday one time. It's ongoing. It is. What were some it of is. the highlights and uh, the, the major pieces that you gave up, that you kept, that you thought, mm. yeah, maybe maybe I'll hang on to this? Well, you know, I, this is going to sound really weird because, you know, part of what I do is, is sort of, lead sung worship in spiritual communities but a big thing that i had to deconstruct was worship music you mean music or, or yeah. bigger than that but yeah just like like how we or how i um 
use worship in these spaces, the songs I choose, the reasons why I choose them, you know, because I've always been in these massive evangelical churches, and a lot of times it's, it's yeah, we, you want to sort of support people's spiritual, you know, formation for sure. You know, the songs we sing today, you know, sort of form the theology we believe tomorrow type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, there is um, a thing of kind of like, uh, I want to I kind of do the cool stuff too. You know, I want to like, what, what's the cool track? Who's the cool band? Mm-hmm. What's the cool... Mm-hmm. You know, backdrop for the slides. What's the cool, you know, lighting, <laughs> you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Damn, there's a little bit slides. of that, Whew. right? God, oh, it's about the slides, baby. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, even like, yeah, down a song, like, why am I singing the song? And why should anybody sing the song? And why, like, just really. So, I, and for me, it started with, um, oh man, am I allowed to mention like names of churches with big worship ministries? Are we going that, uh, that deep? Well, you could... Um, Should I stay away from... Only if it's from... true. Okay, I'm not saying anything bad about them. I just disagree with stuff. I'm not, I'm not slander. It's not slander. No, I'd do it. Who knows? We, we might make the news. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'll make stuff up. Hold on. No, I know. Um, I went from a hardcore thinking that Bethel was the biggest thing in the world especially in those early days, those Jesus culture days, the how he loves us days, the, I was like, this is amazing. There's something powerful happening here. This is great. And immediately, I was like, something's not right. Oh, really? Because when you say that, like, I think that's a great song to sing once or twice. Right. Like, I, I, I get when you say that's power right off the bat, because that, I get it. Yeah. 63 times, no. Right. But you're saying that almost right off the bat, you're like, wait a tick. Something's not right. Now, hold on. The song is great. But just in general, the culture that was there and that was happening it was Around something the song. off for me. Help, Around, okay, you got to help me here because uh, oh, I'm, I'm, sorry. My I'm, bad. My bad. I'm out of it. And uh, what year is this? <laughs> First yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So well, this would be like 1995, right? So, oh my gosh. This would be like 2000 and... Early 2000, wasn't it? Six, seven, something okay. like that, maybe? Okay, And by earlier? culture, you mean the culture around the music or or literally yeah. like a transplant of of the... Calif- California, is it? California yeah. Bethel Church. Like that... Right. Their culture That's or... Their culture. Okay. And, yep. and yep. the culture around a lot of the charismatic sort of, you know, like circles if you will yeah okay um but specifically around bethel yeah okay yeah and, yeah. and i had a bunch of friends at bethel i sent kids down to bethel i'm yeah. like yeah I, I was a true believer don't get me yeah. wrong i was a true yeah. believer but something switched i'm trying to remember actually when it when it happened like which song it was it wasn't because the song sucked it was just something about what Ooh. was happening there i could not like digest anymore what what which one then we can play a clip to, Oh my gosh! And then they'll take down the podcast. That's right. Um, and then I realized that this something here isn't working for yeah. me spiritually. It's not. It's it's not sitting mm-hmm. right. And again, nothing happened. There wasn't any scandal. It was just like something about the way <laughs> that this is happening and the lyrics and mm. like I don't, I don't want to bring this to my church. And actually, mm. I began sort of going. I, hold on, there's a lot of songs I don't want to bring to my church anymore. And I started going through their discography. And again, mm. I was a true believer, man. I was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I freaking loved 
Bethel. Yeah. And I liked Hillsong a lot. And I like, mm. but all of a sudden I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wait a minute. I, yeah. mm, there is something that is more felt than tell. It's something that I can just feel that something's mm. not right with what is happening. And I think a big part of it was the fact that, um, you know, when I look at the roster of people who are making these music, making, making these songs, they're all usually one color. They're all white. <laughs> And they got real skinny jeans and, the real and skinny top jeans. hats. They, oh, I love, but I love the top hats, baby. I'm like Slash, you know what I'm saying? Give me, uh, <laughs> give me some, okay. <laughs> I mean, that I'd go for. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, you always written by the same people, which mm-hmm. is fine. I mean, that's nothing wrong with that. But eventually, when you look at your song list and you realize it's like the same like five or six people on yeah. every single song. I think there is something wrong with that. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, wait, this doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then even uh, there is something interesting about lyrically what's happening, like what they're teaching theologically, that I was like, do I believe in this? Is this something that I want my people to believe in? Hmm. And so, yeah, so worship music was a thing that I just had to, and I'm still working through that. I'm still, still a few times where I'm like, oh, give me that, give yeah, me that. Yeah. Uh, it's a good song. This is it. Yeah, it's a good song. You just can't it, play it 63 times. Like, why, like, why was that even part of our, of our thing? Why was, anyway. What? Yeah, worship was a big thing for me. I had to sort of deconstruct. What, what what catalyzed that? Do you remember? Because now you may have already answered that because you said it, it, it's something you just felt. Yeah, yeah. But was there something that alerted you? Was there an awareness? Was a was there a a, a musical wokeness? No, that's I'm, I'm not taking wow. that too much. Wow, oh, you're just using awareness. I'm going to tweet that right now. <laughs> Ro just no, said no, musical wokeness. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think one thing I notice about these um, these sort of worship factories, worship song factories, is that their culture um, on the ground, if you will, in terms of how they um, maneuver with their artists or with the people who are supporting the artists, usually it's done within like a like – a, school of ministry setting hmm. right so this is the hill song school of ministry is the bethel school of ministry i'm sure there's some kind of like internship thing at elevation i'm sure there's right and that's fine that's great to sort of invite kids to kind of learn and grow and you know do what they do and whatever but it's the culture is pretty intense um i don't want to say slave labor because that's just mm. but i but i said it so <laughs> well let's um, call it labor trafficking then Right. That's much, much better. Thank you very much, my friend. Uh, <laughs> and there's something about that that makes me go, oh, that's, that's, these massive ministries are built upon the backs of these kids who just mm. want to kind of learn and grow. And Wait a minute. Um, wait, what, are, what are they building? Again, I don't know. What are they? So they get kids to come through to do what? You know, so they're doing like the sound, the lights, the cleaning up, the setting up. The, okay. The production manager, the this, the that, whatever, like at, whatever at needs to be done. Church. 
Right. Or at Whatever that needs school. To be done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Okay, okay. So that's the, that is the school. It's kind and of like, you yeah, come pay. and learn how to die. Right. Oh. Right. So you're paying to serve, essentially. <gasps> oh. I mean, right. that's greasy, but it, that doesn't strike me. Like, how many people go through that? We're not talking but, like tens of right. thousands, are we? I, I, yeah, I think so. What? Like, over the lifetime of the thing, it... What? Not well, hundreds because, of thousands. Ah, I wouldn't go that far. No, no, no. no. But these schools are huge, man. These schools are huge because they're they're supporting these yeah. massive, massive like worship machines, right? For what you get a <laughs> a degree in truthology from? Now, sir, you are a scientist, correct? Oh, that's right. I have a PhD in truthology from Christian Tech. What do you what do you get when you pull out of there? Uh, you get or just some kind experience. of degree. You get a degree. Experience. Oh, you get okay. a degree of so something. It's actually know, a, some uh, is it a real degree though? I don't think so. I'm seriously but, putting the Simpsons. You know, quote. I love that. That, that was good. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on. I will do. Um, but a big a big pull is that as you train these people, once you begin, once you start sort of planting churches, you send these these young adults off to be the church planners because you've already settled into them yeah. the culture of the main mothership, mm. if you will. Mm-hmm. So it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant way of doing it. Like, so you can have amazing people who are carrying your vision for the mothership all across the world to plant these churches. Yeah. And they will look, look the same, sound the same, work the same. So it's brilliant in that perspective. And it's brilliant. I mean, how many like, internships do we see internship models do we see in other large companies like it, it happens all the time well i'm just gonna say that the notion of church planning or, or anything around that every denomination does that they're not as flashy right or cool totally it's kind of everyone does that yeah yeah it's just different when you have the machine sort of mm. you know like creating these so these incredible that was interns. the so that happened before, like you're noticing the uh, probably concurrently, but while you are also deconstructing the content, yeah, yeah, the content came first, mm. and the more I kind of sort of was trying to figure out why am I even going down this road, hmm. doing some some air quotes research in terms of like what is it about it, like what is it, and I'm finding all these things. I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't know that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm not discovering. As I do some self-discovery. How did it go when you tried to, I'm going to guess, oh, I don't want to sing these songs anymore. <laughs> and then, quite frankly, what songs are there left? Right. Uh, what, how did that go with church leadership, with congregations? You want to shift and pivot? <laughs> I got stories about pivoting oh, around worship. Pivoting. Jeez. I, yeah, I think um, I, when I was, I was serving at a church, uh, a smaller church plant at the time. Um, really, really cool spot. Great people, and the majority of the congregation were going through some kind of like deconstructing or reconstructing. So it was fantastic, like the Enjoyment. healthy kind. The healthy because well, there, there's a there's majority a really bad kind. Yeah, 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 yeah. The majority. Well, that's a good topic healthy. for a podcast. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> um, and we're talking to the the, the pastor, saying, "Hey, man, I, yeah, I have no problem leading worship. Um, just so you know, I have an issue with you know you know these songs." And I wasn't even, like, blanketing, like, I won't sing any more Bethel anymore. 
Although that did happen eventually. But um, <laughs> generally speaking, I was like, yeah, I can't sing all sort of these songs. I just have an issue that I'm working through. Not that they're bad songs, but for some reason I... You individualized need... it. Yeah. You said my problem with these songs, not pastorally... Right. I don't right. believe that. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. I had. I yeah. felt I had to. I felt like I didn't feel that I had enough evidence to mm. say, mm. no one should be singing these songs at first. I felt I had to be make it personal. Mm. Um, and he was just like, yeah, I don't care. Mm. Great. Mm-hmm. Like, write songs if you want. Like, I don't, like, who cares? Just, oh, that'd be sweet. We don't care. So, so it was a really good, safe place. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, like, different artists who were a little bit more, I don't know, um, safer to sing and, you know, like, looking at their, you know, their artwork or their website, you can tell that they are multicultural. They uh, they uh, are affirming. They are, you know, kind of our people. I was like, okay, these are songs I can sing now. I can sing these songs with feeling... Um, that I'm sort of checking all the boxes. Like, these are songs that I want my people to sing with all their heart. Mm-hmm. It will help with their spiritual formation. Um, they're just good songs to sing. You don't want to be singing crappy songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just on a musical level, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, hit, it checked a lot of boxes for me. And so I, can, uh, I was able to sort of move through that um, a little bit better. But yeah, I'm still going through it. I'm still, like, mm. trying to understand the framework that I want to use in terms of like choosing songs to sing for my people. You know, as you shared, I realized that, I mean, as I look back, I think a lot of the reason why I've pressed against established institution or system is just because I am me and have always not seen my own self reflected in anything within the church. Right. But as you were sharing, I realized that I think for me, the process of deconstructing and testing came through worship as well. Hmm. That I, because that was basically the first way that I, no, it's, it's not, but I definitely did the worship thing. Yep. Um, piano, picked up the guitar to, you Come know, on, start baby. getting on to that too. Bought myself yeah. a poster to learn the oh, chords. Yeah, you did, yeah. I sure did. And <laughs> there was just problems with, well, first off, the weird thing is I can't really worship musically unless I'm playing. I'm the same way. Yeah. I like, if I'm, I don't know if that's an artist thing or what, I, but I, think it is. Yeah. I can't just stand. I think I've done it once. It was when Israel Houghton was, was in town oh, and, yeah. and it yeah, worked. But other than that, I'm kind of the weird dude who sort of looks around and sees if anyone else is singing, and then I count how many people are, and it's not a lot, and it's really weird because everyone's just mm-hmm. watching three people sing, and it's like, why are we still uh, doing this? And yep. I digress. But, yeah, I, I think it was something to do with worship and realizing there's only so many stilted Jewish rhythms I could play on the piano. Oh. There was only so much Jehovah Jireh that I could... Like, I'm not oh. Irish, so I can't play all the... the Who's that guy? Robin Mark or who, Robin whoever. Mark, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> like, right. That's right. I, I can do it, but I can't do it. You know, and there was never one time that I'm going to pull out a gospel song or, you know, later in my church plants, in the simplicity of our music, we would just simply pull out, 
simple blues, old spirituals, or country music just because we wanted some semblance of depth, but also (laughs) I guess that we were just in the seasons of lament as well that country and blues provides for us. But it was worship. Yeah. Yeah. When I look at it, it was worship. Always trying to test things. I remember fighting with our worship, other worship leaders when I kind of took the helm being like, why is everything so individualistic? Why are we only singing songs that are about me, myself, and I? Where's the corporate aspect and what we're... Why is everything just fun and praise and worship? Do we have sad songs in the repertoire? Yep. That may may have been partly where it started. Yeah, yeah. That whole lament thing was huge for me, too, in terms of, like, um, it's weird to be in church world and lament not be a part of our communal expression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, I remember That's contemporary, 9/11. Contemporary worship, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, 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 right. I remember uh, when 9-11 happened, um, uh, the community that I was a part of, there were a few families who had friends in those spaces who, like, some mm-hmm. of them died, some of them survived. Mm-hmm. And so we were, like, you know, like, You're in tangibly it. connected. Yeah. And so I remember talking to the pastor and saying, hey, let's just create a space of just grieving, a little man, so let's kind of just chill and just sort of breathe, and then we can move into, you know, like something else. And or not. Like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or not. Exactly, right? Yeah. Oh. And he was like, no, man, we got we to gotta celebrate. We got to celebrate. What? Yeah. yeah. Uh. I'm like, mm. I remember that was like for me like kind of like the first, okay, something is not right here. Mm. Like if we can't, you can't. create space. Yeah. Before this, like can. we can't, and even if we did, going through the songs, what songs can we do? I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, right? So, yeah. So yeah. that was a big thing for me too. Can't. You can't. It's like the prayers of holding, and I even see this now, um, and it might be reflections of where people are at in their journey. And this is a product of formation, especially mm-hmm. out of the praise and worship generations, yep. is that you are always looking for resolution. <laughs> but yeah, baby, exactly. you need to hang on to those minor keys. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> you need to just hang on. If you got the blues, then you got to sing the blues. Right, uh, right. Got the blues. Yes. Yeah, man. Throw on a major seven there on the five, oh. but come back down. Come Don't resolve on, that. No, man. Just, just sit there, lean into it. You know what I'm saying? So the deconstruction of of worship, which, I don't know, contemporary churches, 99% of that is from white people, and then 99% of that is praise and worship. Um, yep. It doesn't really come in any other package. Nope. What is better than that? <laughs> that was a genuine question. That actually sounded like, uh, yeah, hmm. Some people might have been nodding their heads. I can't imagine what would be better than this. Yeah. I do say, good sir. I think it works for me. Yeah. It does work for a lot of people. That's why I don't want to yeah. throw it away and say, oh, get enough, out of here. Enough. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to sing the same Bethel's tune. Like, it brings a lot of joy to people. I think it stunts yes. your growth. I, I would have, I think I've tweeted this, but I think part of the reason why we have a formation problem in so many contemporary churches, white evangelicals that we can pick on, but, you know, other evangelicals too, and and Pentecostals, Charismatics for sure, Yep. Yep. you know, is you're getting, um, oh, where where was I going with that? We're getting 
stuck in in a space where bad art is actually producing bad formation. Oh gosh. And our inability mm-hmm. to envision anything in corporate worship beyond singing there is more and also to reimagine what that singing can look like is mm-hmm. crippling formation. I think it, I think it goes hand in hand with our mm-hmm. with our lack of discipleship. We just have people who are are only capable of consuming uh uh an individualistic approach to uh, musical worship. Right. And I'm not here for it. Right. I'm out. I'm out. Same. I can Same. do that for Easter and for Christmas. Sure. I'll play that game. Sure. Right. Twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm That's that it, guy. man. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah. I'll learn the new stuff, you know, twice Dude. a year. It's cool. Yeah. Fine. Give me the production. That's fine. I'm in. Yeah. Like it's what you do 52 weeks. No problem. Do it for Epiphany. Do it for some time in the middle. What's in the summer? <laughs> Nothing. It's ordinary time. Do it for ordinary Easter. time, baby. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, but yeah, what could be better? Do you have a picture of that? Because you, there's one thing to throw away the bathwater, baby, and bathwater, and kitchen sink, and say the emperor has no clothes. Pave right. us a better way. You have some pictures of what deeper can look like. I think for me, um, and I'm so thankful that there are artists who are doing some really, really good like content for churches. They're writing the songs. They are, um, you know, whatever. Like for me, I'm, I'm, I've always been a big fan of like creating my own liturgy. So yes. I'll take some scripture and sort of yes. that. So like, yes. that's a good thing. And hymns of I the architect. Some, what? What? Part yeah, one. Part two. How many? Right, come on now. Come on. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, just like, I think like, like reading scripture together, praying together, I think that's kind of cool to, cool to do. I think that's important to do. Write your um, own prayers together. Y- yeah. Not merely corporately do like, and there's power in the uh, lectionaries. Right. But write your own stuff, create. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Come right. on. Keep it coming. I think like, that that's important to me and that's key. Um. And even now, like as I'm sort of combing through some older songs, songs that I want to incorporate, I'm I'm totally changing the lyrics to make it <laughs> something mm-hmm. I can sing, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and just making it work. I'm like, I don't care. I'm I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing this, um, and so yeah, I'm just I don't know. I have no ideas, but I know for my community, I'm trying to do something that is. Um, uh, high nutrition, <laughs> low junk, <laughs> and something that is can really be helpful in terms of spiritual formation. And so mm. I'm like, I'm, I'm pulling from all the areas, from all, you know, parts of church history, and trying to make something that is beautiful and wonderful and creative. And okay, give us an example though, because so you have uh, okay. examples of music you have created. So that's certainly in the realm of artists, and I concur. Like if our if our most art- artistic people are on the worship teams, we should let them loose to create. Yes. Period. Create new yes. things. Yes. Yes. Now maybe everyone can't create an instrumental record, an album, but what are some more things that that local, small, community can do? Um, you can, so like, like I write my own liturgy, so you can write your mm-hmm, own, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So like, 
um, whether it's, I'm a huge fan of just taking scripture and just and rolling with it. Um, mm. And so I'll take whatever, a psalm, and I'll like modernize it or personalize it to the story that we are, mm. you know, we are sharing, and then insert certain, you know, phrases from the psalm and um, have that be. So now we're, we're not just reading scripture, but we're reading scripture through the lens of our story as a community. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. beautiful and helpful. And um, it just sort of, it brings, uh, it brings the Psalms and scriptures kind of like to a place that we can engage in from a heart space. Because we, we all kind of know from a head space. We've been reading this stuff for years. A lot of us. A lot mm. of us have been reading this stuff for years. Mm. But now it's kind of like changing the lens and we're like, okay, I feel it. I feel this now. Mm. And when you change it to something that you can just feel, um, as you sort of revisit in your life, if it, you just read it differently. You look at it differently. It's not just these words you've been reading on a page throughout your life. Now it's like, oh, this, this is home. Mm. This is home for me now, whatever scripture it might be. So I do that a lot. And then um, uh, at liturgy, um, invite people to do prayers, especially if we're doing like a, like, if we have moments of lament or moments of celebration or, you know, like, let's have people, especially if their stories are tied to those things and they feel comfortable doing it, you know, like, like you want to get, you want to, <laughs> there's nothing, I won't say that, there's something extremely powerful to get someone who's willing to do it, who's in that good headspace for it, get someone who is grieving a heavy loss to write <laughs> a prayer of lament for the church. That that hits different. You know what I mean? Because now it's just not me saying, hey, we all experience grief. I know I do. It's not me saying that. It's someone who is like openly in the darkest season of their life, full of doubt, full of rage, and saying, God, what the are you doing? But I'm still going to trust you for some stupid reason. I'm still going to lean on you in this moment and pray something around that. That just hits different, baby. Mm. And there's something like again that like spiritual formation piece, kind of like mm-hmm. oh yeah, I, I, like like we're allowed to feel this way, and at the same time we are trusting that God will come through, will heal, will, and that's part of faith. That's part mm. of faith mm. for me that I had to go through because I'm like I don't think I can trust God. Mm. <laughs> that, that was my story. I'm like I don't trust this guy. Mm. I don't trust this person. Mm. Um, and so that alone was super, um, can be very healing for a lot of people, but also can teach people kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm allowed to doubt. I'm allowed to be angry. I'm allowed to do this mm-hmm. while still mm. leaning into the everlasting arms of God. Yeah. 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 Things like that. Cause I mean, I've never experienced that in church before ever in my life. Yeah. And I would, I would venture to guess that most Christians in in a contemporary context or or a modern context, um, they would not know anything beyond music, right? And usually, craptastic music. <laughs> like there's, I mean, that's so accurate. I mean, oh, it's not. Man. It's generally not good, but we still do it. That's why we I have a big problem it. with with the way we center music as the only story for worship and and right. you use this term and it's and it's bang on and it's what's we're, what we're missing spiritual formation mm-hmm. i don't know and this is through our lens there's other traditions that are better yeah how right, many right. are being formed 
spiritually formed right with depth right in the kind of repetitive craptastic music that we're doing week in and week out I'm serious. I'm serious, you know, and it is kind of hilarious, it. but it's like, if if it's hard to listen to, now someone might shoot back and be like, well, it's, you know, the community's celebrating our imperfections. It's like, if you can't do it well, and, and this might be the, the artist, I could be wrong here, <laughs> but don't do it. Right, right. Or right. do it really simply. Like, yeah. have one person up there, have just an instrumentalist, have just, yeah. you know, what we've tried to do in Cypher Church. So we didn't do this in, in Calgary Church in the first church plant. We did, we did pull all the way back from praise and worship. Like I said, we would still have maybe a component of it, one or two songs, country music, um, like like really simple stuff, but it was always kind of weird because uh, how how do you really do this in groups of like 20, 30 people? Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Cypher comes along, which was an awesome example of attempting new things, and that was our. We, we didn't. I don't know if we intentionally pulled it out because at first Cypher was just like a, a hip hop Cypher in that it was crash and bang. We had. We ensured we brought in talent to undergird the whole thing. So we sure. had a band of exceptional drummer, maybe guitar and piano, and then everyone else filled in. And the expression of worship through this, and that's what we called it, was incredible. You've never had anything like that. People moving, dancing, that's the other point. Like everyone is moving now, not in a Pentecostal wave your arms kind of way, but in a dance, in a rhythmic kind of manner. And people are participating in that. Whether you're far away from the center or you're in the middle, you're still part of this expression, this circle. Mm -hmm. Lyricists, rappers, singers, mm -hmm. instrumentalists, dancers. So we have this huge example, which would be like the big church and their awesome band on Sunday morning. And then that sort of pittered out after a year and a half, two years, became hard to keep up. So we went to the opposite end of the spectrum. And this is right. kind of like the age of social media and Facebook. You know, people will lose their minds if you change the look and design of Facebook, but they'll yeah. get over it after a day or two. Yep. So we just built that right off the bat. It's like, we don't know how we're going to experience faith in a fresh vibe, but we're going to oh, make the wow. attempt. We're going to make the attempt. And so we have been trying, and while we were meeting, of course, all sorts of different things. We would have spoken word evenings and let the let yeah, the poets yeah. and the writers speak through their words. Yes. We would have poetry yeah. evenings. We would have paint expressions through uh, uh, abstract art. We had, yeah, and yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. this because it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. And it would, would be something that you could just never replicate in in any run of the mill church. We had a a someone design this. And we reinterpreted it through the lens of our community. Empathy through movement. Mm. You can imagine a, a formative event of surrounding empathy. How? And through movement, which means people who say they can't dance, you're, you're bringing them up. 
So we probably had 20 people come through and maybe more. And it was literally a movement in a way to mimic and see one another, to literally move, and that's a vulnerable piece, but to look into the eyes of your partner or the one moving across from you. And, oh man, the, the, the experience in that evening was unlike anything I've ever experienced before. And it was totally an exercise in I see you, right. in empathy. And so these are moments that we just haven't tested or made an attempt. We're going to fail at so many, but we don't have space for them. And that makes me so sad because the way we worship is as numerous as there are people, I think. Right. And we want to hit up on each and every one of them. Spiritual formation, man. I like, uh, uh, before we trail off, the, the uh, localized liturgy. So when you're talking about writing your own stuff for your own community, that's the power, man. I know there's power when you pull out the lectionary and you're totally reading yes. the yes. same stuff all churches yes. around the world are reading in this moment yes. right now. Wonderful. You are not Wonderful. forgotten. We're that's together. Right. That's right. Yes. Not alone. Yes. Power. Come on now. Right? Easter and Christmas. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to do these things every week. And so in the other weeks, right. test out, man. Why yeah. can't the artist write songs about your neighborhood, about exactly. the monuments on your land? That's right. Why can't you just sit and listen? Why, well, I'm an introvert, so a lot of the things are just sit and be quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. But, oh... This is the reorientation and, and the hopefulness, I think, of re... Oh, I'm going to use the word, reimagining what worship could be. Let's reclaim that. Come on, it word? was just the reimagining. They re- reclaim the words is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, we can reclaim some aspect of worship. It's beyond music, man. It, it totally is. Totally is. That's right. That's right.